buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. All right, welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. Today, I've got a fantastic guest that's doing some awesome things that I'm very excited to dig into. Um, I've got Michael Epstein, and he has spent the last 20 years in e-commerce, bootstrapping his first online retailer to eight figures and a successful exit. He went to then lead multiple eight and nine figure private equity owned online retailers where he leveraged his direct mail to boost customer acquisition and retention. And now he is the principal at Postpilot, a SaaS platform driving uh, increased revenue, retention, and profits by creating individual personalized targeted postcards and handwritten cards effortlessly, effortlessly at scale. Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Colin. Yeah, wow. A uh, lot to unpack there in the bio. Tell me, I just... <laughs> Um, let's jump right in. We kind of, uh, when I learned a little bit more about the exciting things that you're doing, we kind of nerded out on that. And I was like, oh man, we got to hit record and get this stuff out there. But, uh, love the stuff that you guys are doing. Tons of accomplishments. Let's sort of start at the beginning. Like when did you start that first company? Uh, what led you to that? And then we'll take it from there. Sure. I started my first company in the early days of e-commerce back in 2000. Uh, I was an online retailer manufacturer of uh, gaming accessories, mostly for the computer and video games. I grew that over the next dozen years. Um, and as you mentioned, exited that in 2013 to private equity. And then I got involved in this private equity operating role where I was um, either advising or operating a lot of the, port the online um, retail portfolio brands owned by a number of uh, private equity funds. Uh, worked as CMO as, for a number of um, eight and nine figure online retailers. And as you said, was using direct mail uh, successfully at a number of those properties and just was looking for an easier way that didn't involve spreadsheets and CSVs and imports and exports and finding a print house and trying to figure out how much ROI was there. And uh, myself and my business partner, uh, and a third co-founder founded Postpilot uh, about three years ago and made it super simple to send personalized direct mail uh, automate, automatically and at scale. Wow. Okay. So let's go back. What were you doing before you started that first company? Was there anything that you learned or skills that you acquired that you took into that that really helped you have that level of success? Well, I started the first company out of my college dorm room. So it was, uh, 
I was actually working at the time uh, at a consulting firm while finishing college and then started that as like a side project and it took off pretty quickly. And ultimately timed, uh, the timing worked out well because I was graduating college and my parents were basically not gonna help me out. So it was either make this company work or go get a real job. And fortunately we, we grew really quickly uh, at that company. I was able to pursue it. Wow, okay, I'm very interested in that. So you started it as a side gig in college and uh, it was successful enough that you never had to go get a real job, right? Or exactly. not, that that, not that running a company is not a real job, but uh, you never you know, officially had to work for anybody. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. One of those things where your parents still 12 years later still couldn't tell you what I did, but at least they knew I wasn't starving. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what he does, but uh, we don't have to support him anymore. So we don't care. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I'm, a, I'm just, a, you know, I'm taking a guess here, but I, I'd love you to kind of fill me in. Um, you know, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, fresh out of college, successful business. I mean, were you just learning and figuring out things kind of as you went along? Yeah, definitely. I mean, certainly reading as much as I could consume, but it was it was trial by fire on a lot of different things, learned a ton along the way. And I think that's what really helped me, you know, evolve my career after I sold that company and start to take on these roles at a lot of these larger firms, uh, fund uh, larger companies and run larger teams. Yeah. Was there any moments where you're like, oh, I just, you know, was there any like close calls where you felt like you might have to shut the doors? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Especially like in that 08 timeframe, uh, you know, that was a time where we were actually looking to potentially exit the company. Um, we had grown it successfully and it was, you know, we were looking at, at possi a possible exit there. And then all of a sudden the economy just tanked and it was, from looking at a nice exit to just making sure the doors stay open uh, and wait for the tides to turn again. Yeah, and, pri and prior to exiting, had you raised any money or was it full bootstrapped? Bootstrapped all the way. Wow, okay. Uh, I'm always impressed with that. Uh, I uh, bootstrapped my first company as well with my wife. We built it to $5 million in 26 months. Yeah, and, that's uh, awesome. And it's crazy. I mean, like, you know, there's a lot of companies that raise money and, and, and you know, I've, that's not the world that I live in. And, you know, there's always a big party and celebration and announcement, uh, like it's an accomplishment, but I, I just have more respect for bootstrapping and, you know, uh, making sales to grow the business. Yeah. I got to hustle for sure. It's, it's been a, definitely a, a bit of a mindset shift now that working with private equity backed companies, because, yeah. But it is different. It's still you still got to hustle. It's different than working with venture back companies where you've got kind of a little bit more of a open pocketbook there and, and it's growth at kind of all costs. Private equity, you, you still got to be really diligent about that. They're looking for value creation and uh, it's not venture money. So um, still still got to hustle. Yeah. Okay. And so then, um, when you did, you know, end up selling that first company and, and then you went into, um, you know, venture, uh, what were you doing there? You know, what experiences did you learn that kind of took you into your latest, you know, thing that you're doing? Sure. So, um, it was working with mostly online retailers, uh, doing either advisory work, helping them develop an online strategy or, um, improve their, 
proved the strategy that they had in place uh, and served as CMO of a portfolio of online retailers that service the aftermarket automotive um, market. And yeah, I mean, certainly learned a ton uh, at, at each organization, certainly on the consulting side, was interesting to get a look under the hood of how you know these eight nine figure brands really operated and and you know for the entrepreneurs out there who think like gosh these these hundred two hundred million dollar companies must just be running like like clockwork right and everything's just just efficient and great when you get a look under the hood a lot of times uh, it's 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 a lot messier than you would think so that was kind of eye opening as we started mm-hmm. working with a lot of those brands. Yeah. Any, any notable brands or like, you know, big successes that you could highlight for us uh, that you, you know, did good work for uh, during that time? Sure. Um, we acquired a, a online Jeep retailer called Morris 4x4, doubled revenue for that business in less than a year, uh, acquired another uh, business called Leonard Accessories, which is a online retailer of aftermarket truck products. We tripled that in un- in under 90 days. And these are pretty sizable companies, you know, eight, nine figure businesses. So uh, that's there, that's a lot of movement uh, for a, a company that's already of that size in that short of a time frame. Yeah. I mean, what kind of what kind of, you know, things are you implementing uh, to get, you know, that sort of success in such a short period of time with brands like that. So doubling in a year, tripling in, in like 90 days, like what was implemented and what happened to have that sort of growth? Yeah, I think a lot of it is just implementing this, a, a lot of the, the life cycle marketing playbook that we've developed over the years that I started in my businesses and have kind of always rolled out since then. My partner uh, has always been, uh, heavily into lifecycle marketing as well. And I think that's also what really attracted us to how to implement that sort of lifecycle marketing strategy using a channel that's not as saturated as email and digital ads right now. So mm. kind of the, one of the core advantages to Postpilot is it makes sending direct mail as easy as, set, as setting up an email campaign or an automated flow where you can set triggers based on behavior you've you know it's been more than 60 days and they haven't made they haven't come back trigger a a personal card to go out to them um, or a handwritten card to go out to them they spent more than five hundred dollars let's thank them with a vip card like those are the strategies that we applied across multiple touch points email pivoted that into custom audiences on social really develop that retention uh that retention flywheel to where you know, uh, we're, we're paying up so much for customer acquisition. The profits come from retention. If we can keep those customers coming back over and over again, it, it drives a lot of growth and a lot of profitability for the company. And we were, you know, we, we always use direct mail as another touch point because customers are just saturated with digital messages right now. And that's why it's been really effective at companies I've worked for as well as uh, the platform that we built. Wow. Okay. So basically what you're saying is, is the, there's a lot of potential for, you know, growth and profit, uh, in really focusing on retention where a lot of, 
a lot of brands are so focused on, you know, getting the customer acquisition cost down or, you know, optimizing the ads and getting more people in the door. But if, but you found that actually spending more time on like, you know, increasing the uh, lifetime value of the customer is where you could see, you know, huge, huge growth opportunity. Totally. So most businesses think that they need more customers, but what they actually need is more revenue. So, you know, your existing customer base, and I'm not saying take your eye off, off customer acquisition, absolutely do that. But before you go out and keep spending up on your customer acquisition, you got to make sure that 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 retention model is at least dialed in to where you know that when you acquire a new customer, you've got a better chance at retaining that customer over time. If you're only focused on customer acquisition at the expense of ensuring that you get those customers to come back and buy again, it's, it's really hard to scale that as competition continues to increase, your customer acquisition costs continue to increase, and your competitors, if they're focused, if they can monetize uh, that customer better than you over their lifetime, that means they can afford to pay more to acquire that customer than you can, and you're going to lose that battle. So, yeah, profits come from repeat purchases, and, and you got to dial that in. Got it. Oh, wow. Okay. And so, and by increasing, by increasing that, you know, total customer, you know, lifetime value, you can then afford to pay more for the customer and win. Totally. Your competitors. Exactly. That's the flywheel, right? You, you, you can always pay more to get to acquire that customer if you know that the LTV is higher than your competitors. Yeah. Okay. All right. So then I'm, I'm assuming at this point, you know, this is where you're integrating, you know, direct mail and doing things that people aren't doing, weren't doing where, you know, most people were, you know, heavily focused on email, which was, you know, becoming more difficult. Um, and you were taking these approaches and, um, at some point you realized, uh, there's gotta be a better way or this is frustrating, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we built out these great email retention, these email, um, uh, automated flows, right, that were really personalized and dialed in and triggered based on lots of great criteria. And then you still get like a 20% open rate. And you're lucky if you get that these days. And so it was like, how do we get that? How do we make sure that message is getting in front of more of our customers? So we've got a good offer. We've got a good uh, way of targeting these customers. But email, you know, it's, 80% of those cust- of, of your customers aren't opening it or aren't reading it or aren't on your list. So how do you get it in front of more of them? And direct mail has been a great way to do it. It just gets you know, all, darn close to 100% open and read rate. And it stays with you for a longer period of time. It sits on the desk. It sits on the counter. You, you touch it. It's that you make that you have that physical connection with it. And it's just more memorable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, and so through using that and, you know, feeling frustrated with how you, you know, the things you had to do to sort of execute that, you know, profitably, um, when did you come up, come up with the idea of solving that problem with Postpilot? Yeah. So that was about three, a little over three years ago. And we just wanted to make it super simple. We're like, how do you just make sending these direct, these triggered, and personalized campaigns as easy as an email campaign. Um, no importing, exporting, you know, no, no hiring gra- extra graphic designers to do this. Like, just make it really easy. And you could, with Postpilot, we focus on like ease of use. Have a campaign up and running in minutes. 
Wow. Okay. And, uh, and how, tell me a little bit about, you know, post pilot when it started and kind of take me to where you guys are today with it. Sure. So, um, started as a, a native Shopify app and we still have native Shopify integration. Um, and it's, it, it's a, a simple platform. You connect your Shopify store, you have, it syncs with your customer data, so you can easily segment that based on any criteria. If you're familiar with segmenting for an email campaign, you've got like a Klaviyo or even a MailChimp. Not only do we integrate with those, so you can use the same segments, but you can create similar types of segments the same way. How many times did you buy? How much did you spend? When's the last time you purchased? Um, really easy to just decide who your, who your audience is uh, you have a there's tons of templates with a drag and drop editor that you can use to design a card in a few minutes and a few clicks, or we have professional designers on staff that'll actually do it for you for free, uh, and just make it super easy and hands off for you. Uh, and yeah, you can launch a, you know, we, you can launch a campaign in, a, in minutes and took us like a little bit of time to kind of get that product market fit, uh, as I'm sure, you know, a lot of your listeners have experienced. So just trying to educate folks, I think, on direct mail and that it's not kind of sure it's been around for a long time, but it hasn't been done this way. I think it was really a, a learning process for us on how to best educate customers and prospects on the, the power of it, how easy it was and how effective it could be. And, uh, you know, we've really grown uh, really rapidly over the last year or two, as we've started to, to dial in that messaging, we, we also started doing even a free campaign to help get people who are thinking about it and still just want to dip, you know, get comfortable with it. We said, look, we've seen enough results at this point that we know if a customer is going to have success on this platform. And if, if, if we're comfortable, which goes for most e-commerce, um, e-commerce folks, then, We'll we'll do we'll start their first campaign for free and let them see the results and then they'll keep going. Um, so that's been kind of a big a big turning point for us. And then the introduction of our handwritten cards has also been a real pivotal moment for us, both for our e-commerce customers and really all all sales folks. Yeah, yeah. And so even on the postcard side, like, do you need to be a marketer or could like a salesperson set these up and like, just talk me through that. And, and then I really, I'm really curious about the handwritten stuff. Cause I love sending handwritten cards. And, uh, and I know that it's something that a lot of sellers are starting to do more often, whether it's, you know, through their company or just even on their own, um, really just that personal touch to, you know, build, build relationships has, has been really helpful for me and my team and a lot of the sellers that I talk to as well. Yeah, absolutely. So on your first question, do you need to be a marketer? No, we've got kind of our best segments kind of preset for you. So you can just pick one. We have folks that understand, you know, how to how to best segment your audience and get you the best results on our team. And they'll help walk you through it, set it all up for you. Again, even the design service will do for you if you need the help. You can be a, a you don't have to be an e-commerce expert or a sales expert to, to be able to do it. We'll make sure that it's set up for you. And then the handwritten stuff is, as you mentioned, I mean, it's really cool. There's there's nothing that beats receiving a handwritten card in the mail in an envelope with a stamp, a handwritten address on it, opening it up and seeing a personalized card inside, whether it's from 
your an e-commerce store that say, hey, just wanted to welcome you and tell you how much we appreciate your business to a salesperson that you know just did a demo of a product for a prospect and wants to send a follow-up note, a financial advisor, insurance agent, you know, attorneys, these folks that want to send you know, just holiday cards for their clients or a thank you note to a new client, just nurture those relationships. Same sort of thing. It You can do it in minutes. It's personalized. It's, un, it, it's an unforgettable experience. And I think in these days to where of where like it's hard to compete on just features and value propositions because your competition is can copy that. If you create an unforgettable brand experience and surprise and delight your customers, whether you're an e-commerce store or a salesperson, that's what's going to be memorable. That's what's going to create loyalty. And that's what's going to keep them coming back to you and doing business with you for a long time. Absolutely. I mean, your prospects and your customers don't forget how you make them feel. And this is like an easy, simple way to just make them feel like it was a good experience interacting with you, building a relationship with you. Um, so just let me know, you know, any final thoughts, where can people get started with, you know, either of these options if they wanted to try it out, which I highly recommend. Yeah. And, and I love what you said, because it's one of my favorite quotes. It's a, the Maya Angelou quote that's like, they, they'll, they'll, for, they'll forget what you said, but they'll never forget yeah. how you made them feel. And like, totally believe that. Um, that's really kind of the thesis behind what we're trying to do here is create those types of experiences. And so, yeah, to, to get to, to get both of the, uh, the postcards and the handwritten cards, you go to postpilot.com. It's you sign up takes a few minutes if you want to create a card. Again, we have folks on staff that'll help you all the, every step of the way. Uh, and you can have a card out in minutes. Postcards, you know, we have plans that start at 49 cents all in for a postcard. Uh, you can do one, you can do a million, uh, as many as you want. Same thing with our handwritten cards. It starts at just $1.99 all in postage, stationary, envelope, all that stuff. Uh, and so it's really cost effective, more cost effective than people might think, especially as, you know, cost per click continues to go up. Now you actually, you can actually send a, a physical card for less than the cost of a click in a lot of cases. Yeah. And, and the, and the cards are written with an actual pen. So it looks like you legitimately wrote it right. And, and, uh, and it has like your address on there. So it, it's looked, I mean, it looks good. Like it's not, you know, printed with a machine. Like it's literally with a pen where people feel like, oh, he really actually, or she really took the time, wrote something thoughtful and like dropped it in the mail, which people don't get a lot of mail these days. And if they do most of it's junk. So something like that really stands out. hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's, it's robotic technology that is real, holding a real pen, real paper, uh, writing this out with the nuance of a human hand. So variations in every letter, the the slants and the indents are all different. So it just there it is indistinguishable from handwriting, human handwriting. It's just at scale. It's not it's not printed, and it's exactly as you said, Colin. You see that come in the mailbox. You are you are excited, and you're opening it, and you're reading it, and you're remembering it. Yeah, yeah. And it's 
you know, I have horrible handwriting, so it works better for me. <laughs> totally, totally. Uh, Michael, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. We're going to include uh, the links there in for, uh, for everybody so they can sign up, try it out for themselves. Um, thanks again for coming on. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. It really does help us out. And as always, you can go to salestransformation.fm, drop us a voice message if you want to provide any feedback. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.